Kierkast Podcast Emporium. Welcome to Alphabet Flight, encyclopedic Marvel journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with a guest, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the tremendous Jeff Kowalski. Hi, it's me. I'm here from over uh, in Creep Town, where I usually live, on my creepy show. Oh, yes, it's so spooky. Henry Peter Gyrich. Or Gyrich? Guy- I don't uh-huh. know how to pronounce it. Wikipedia um, tells me it's Gyrich. I've always gone with Gyrich. Gyrich? Gyrich? Uh, yeah, I guess we'll go with Gyrich. That's what the uh, IPO? IPA? The uh, phonetic alphabet has it spelled as. Well, um, his real name is what I just said. Because <laughs> he has no double secret identity. He was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Steeltown. He's part of the NSC, or the National Security Council, and a former government liaison with the Avengers, and a member of Project Wide Awake. Oh, I don't even know um, that one. He first showed up in Avengers 165, Hammer of Vengeance, in November 1977. Ooh, Star Wars time. He was created by Jim Shooter and John Byrne. It's also a pretty all-star team there, I guess. Uh, oh, you have Jim Shooter, John Byrne. Uh, this is another disagreement. Um, it says Jim Shooter and George Perez over here on, uh, on, on my Wikipedia page. Oh, um, let's see who it says in the book. It says Jack Abel. Who is who are these people? <laughs> oh man. Uh but yeah, that's uh that's the team who I think did well Jim Shooter and George Perez did um Infinity Gauntlet, and I think they also did the um what's it called? The Cree Scroll War uh in Avengers during this era. Well it might it just might be um like it might have been that John Byrne was filling in. Yeah, that's true too. Um, and the, the people getting credited in the book might just be like, like random, they just picked someone. They're just like, hey, um, (laughs) no one's gonna look this up, they don't have the internet. Uh, (laughs) you. Uh, assistant. You want your name in a thing? Yeah. Okay, cool, you created this character. But yeah, he's a government dude. Yeah, he, um, I believe he is often depicted with a... A sharp, uh, red hairdo and, uh, thick-rimmed glasses? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly what he is. He's in a suit. He yeah, has the, red no, hair. There's no picture here on, on Wikipedia, so I, that was from memory. Good job, me. That's what he looks like. He looks like a man with red hair and sunglasses. 
He is, uh, always gets conflated in my mind with Jasper Sitwell, who is another character that is functionally identical, uh, who is just like, ah, he's a government guy, except, uh, Sitwell works with S.H.I.E.L.D., and this guy works, uh, more specifically with actual government agencies. Yeah, um, he was, uh, a liaison for the, um, Avengers for a while. Uh, the Avengers were granted by the U.S. government certain privileges such as exemption from air traffic regulations, access to certain classified intelligence information, and special priority status, enabling them to cooperate with minimal bureaucratic red tape. Okay, let me go. There's a lot of words here that basically says he works for the government. Oh, Project Wide Awake is the Sentinels. Uh, That's the Sentinel project for capturing mutants. Yeah, so, yeah, he, he's one of those, uh, gray figures in the Marvel Universe where he just, like, does whatever the higher-ups say. So if the government is a bad guy in a comic, he's a bad guy, and if they're a good guy, then he's a good guy. <laughs> he investigated a, uh, reports, and, um, and he discovered a gaping hole in the wall of the Avengers Mansion, causing caused in a recent battle with Count Nefaria, and none of the Avengers were present, overpowering the Avengers butler, Edwin Jarvis. Yeah, Jyrick bound him to a chair and deliberately set off a security alarm. And when the Avengers responded, he introduced himself and lectured them about their lack of security, claiming that anyone could have just walked in and stolen their sophisticated technology or classified reports. You know what? He's right. That's not a bad thing. He is 100% right. I don't know why he was in the Avengers Mansion by himself, but hey, when you're right, you're right, I guess. No, like, it just said he was going to, like, do, like, try to do some reports in person with them. I guess because he's their liaison, so he kind of does belong there. Yeah, so, like, he was just, like, walking by, and just like, yo, like, I know it's your thing to just bust through walls, because that's what superheroes and villains do, but, like, stop it, please. <laughs> it means people could just walk into your, into your highly dangerous mansion with tons of, like, Iron Man suits and stuff. <laughs> um, he explained that their priority status could only be revoked by two people, the president and himself. After reporting his findings the, to the Council of in Washington, the U.S. Gyrick returned to New York, finding that Hawkeye left the front door open when he entered. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> I actually like this guy. He's just like, he's just like, yo, just be more careful, dude. <laughs> Have you? Did you avenge in a barn? Oh wait, although he was detained in a security device, Gyrick was unimpressed with the Avengers security. He told them he was revoking their priority status and all accompanying privileges, effectively denying their use of their Quinjets, monitors, data files, and as well as curtailing certain extra-legal activities. Despite their protests, <laughs> bureaucracy is the greatest superpower. <laughs> yeah, he did just tell the Avengers, like, hey, you guys... You don't get some ill-defined series of privileges anymore. You'll just have to fly to Asgard yourself, or whatever. 
after, wait, despite the protests, the Avengers could not persuade him to relent. Weeks after, the Avengers struggled to operate under restrictions. Gyrick returned to tell them that his requirement for reinstatement of their security the clearances. Among things, he debated that the Avengers limit their membership to seven. Mm, that seems ineffective. <laughs> yeah, that does seem ineffective. You think he'd probably want at least a team of ten so you can have, like, two pretty beefy teams? Yeah, I mean, now there's functionally infinite Avengers. Anyone is an Avenger now. But, like, it was seven for a while, I guess, just like the Justice League. Well, um, for... At least during the Hickman run of uh, the Avengers, um, there was it was Avengers World where they're just like, yep. where they're just like, hey, we need a team to take care of this, and then there was an algorithm that Tony Stark wrote, be like, well, these people are have the best power set and skill set to do stuff like this, and they had like a, I think it was a roster of like fifty something. Yeah, I I still have the grid in my mind where it's the seven core members, each splitting off uh, with other, like, heroes that they're friends with that they could call in for favors, and then other people who've worked with those guys, and it's like a big net grid thing that's in, like, the front of every issue to show you which characters are going to be in that issue. I really liked that a lot. Really liked it. I mean, I know people kind of complained about how um, complicated and convoluted Hickman's year of Avengers and New Avengers was, but I really liked it. Work on, like, from Fantastic Four up through Secret Wars is all, like, as far as I'm concerned, unimpeachably good. Like, it's some of the best long-form storytelling Marvel has ever seen, um, and the main issue with it, I think, is the editorial interference that happened that made Secret Wars get super delayed. Yep. Yeah, so really, like, uh, what what that means is Hickman should do more things with Marvel, if he wants to. Not much to say about Henry Peter Gierick, I guess. Gyrick. No, he's mm. bureaucracy. That's his thing. He appears in the 2000 film X-Men, portrayed by Matthew Sharp, uh, and he gets murdered. He's the assistant to Robert Kelly, the guy who turns into water. Uh, he gets uh, torn apart by Sabretooth, and the news says that he was mauled by a bear. Apparently he was also involved with um, the threat of Dire Wraiths, which, which was uh, a ROM Space Knight thing, which was still huge at this point. Ram is back now. He's uh, he's in an IDW in series. For the IDW? Oh, I always get confused because like stuff like that either goes to IDW or Dark Horse, and I can never really separate them out until I see who done them. If it's based yeah. on a toy property, it's probably IDW. Okay, well, like because Ram because Ram Space Knight went on for several years and was like really really influential on like major events that happened in the Marvel universe. The reason why Storm lost her power is because Forge met Rom and made a different version of the Neutralizer. Yeah, they've been, they, they, I know there was a reference on a cover for a comic, uh, that got removed before hitting print because they didn't have the rights to Rom. But then, uh, the, the Space Knights do in fact show up again. So all the Space Knights besides Rom are still owned by Marvel. Hmm. Well, do they still? Can they still do diorates and stuff? Uh, probably. I don't know. 
the Wraith Worlds show up in uh, 2011 Marvel Annihilators, um, and also it looks like they are in the Hasbro uh, ROM universe, too. Uh, oh, they're the Wraith Hawks. Oh, no, no, they're still the Dire Wraiths. Huh. Interesting. Well, I mean, I guess they have some. I guess it's not that bad. I guess they can still use some of their continuity. They just can't use ROM. But that's good. I mean, it's whatever. Talking about uh, long people who might become a long ghost. Uh, he is <laughs> six eight. Jesus, he's a tall boy. Uh, it says in his Wikipedia that he might, that he is based on writer Peter David. I wonder if Peter David is very tall. That FBI guy that we've been talking about a lot lately in the news. He's six eight. Yeah, oh, he's Comey? six foot James eight. Comey? If you see him in a group photo with anyone, he is a head taller than all of them. It's madness. Well, what if, what if that's just like one of the uh, requirements for being a high level government person? Yeah, like it's just like, well, I mean, you're taller than everyone else. I guess you could be the director or the li- liaison to the Avengers. <laughs> Uh, I guess he also, because they're putting him next to Captain America and Thor all the time, they have to draw him tall, or else he's going to be looking up at them. On the plugs! Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, J3FK, weaponizedlanguage.com, where you can listen to all my other podcasts, including Creepypasta, which I mentioned earlier, where I talk about creepypastas. Jesse's been on. I'm sure you'll like it. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash funtimesonline. You can buy things from me. I make Perler Bead uh, video game sprites, and you can get them for cheap. I think $5 plus shipping. Uh, shipping ends up being like two sixty seven, I believe. Um, although sometimes there's a different lady at the post office, and she will send it as a large envelope instead of a small parcel. So, yeah, you never know. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Alpha Flight Pod and check out the rest of our shows at the Curiocast group on the Facebook. If you would like to support the shows, you can find us on Patreon and buy a t-shirt. And this month, you will be getting a wonderful solo episode um, on the Patreon page for $1 a month p- pledge, where you get to hear me talk about the Death Throws, probably, which is an all-juggling supervillain team. You can uh, buy t-shirts and junk on the Redbubble store, and you can find the links to all that stuff in the description and show notes. And uh, this has been Alphabet Flight. May Conchi protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Good night.